You're listening to the Construction Educator Podcast. Jay, thank you so much for your time. I'm really glad to be able to sit down with you and and just chat about some of your experience and your career in construction education. Um, so I'm Emily Heppard for the purposes of this podcast for our listeners. I'm the academic manager at Bluebeam. And would you please introduce yourself? I'm Jay Christofferson. I'm the uh, chair for construction and facilities management at Brigham Young University on the Provo campus. On Provo, yeah. Utah. Beautiful part of Utah. Yeah, it's a great place to be. Yeah. So before we get into talking about your professional experience, um, could you tell me where you grew up and how you first got interested in building? Well, I, I was born and grew up in Lehigh, Utah, which is about 20 miles from Provo. Uh, I have an identical twin brother. Really? Which is pretty scary. What is his name? His name is Kay. So Jay and Kay. Wow. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. We, uh, we live a few blocks away. Uh, but he's he's in the legislature and and uh, the state legislature. And oh my goodness! He was in construction also. He uh, he worked for a big uh, civil c- contractor in mm-hmm. in Provo, and we uh, we have different groups that we we see all the time. And when they see me, <laughs> hey, Kay, how you doing? And and same oh, way with him, and and it gets us in trouble when we're with our wives. Did you pull pranks when you were we, kids? We have had some great pranks, some great things. <laughs> what was, if you don't mind sharing, what was one of your favorite pranks? You okay, probably the best one was uh, we both played basketball, mm-hmm. and he had had some uh, cartilage repaired in his left knee, and mm-hmm. and I had torn my ACL. Oh no! And and I played on that uh, knee for ten years without you know, getting it fixed oh because they goodness. just didn't have the technology to do it. Ugh. And so, uh, so after a while, I just didn't have any cartilage on the inside of my knee oh at my all. Goodness, Jay. And so I went into the doctor and, uh, had a high tibial osteotomy where they cut a wedge out of my tibia and tilt my leg out so I can use the good cartilage. Whoa. And, uh, so I go in for the six week, uh, checkup. Mm-hmm. And I'm not putting any weight on that leg at all. It is yeah. still sore, and, and I'm not putting any weight on it. So we go up to the uh, checkup, and we take my twin brother. And they, I had a strap-on cast. They put it on him. <laughs> and he went in with my wife. They just parked me out in the hallway. And oh, my goodness. went into the doctor. Uh, they were going to take an x-ray, and he, sa- he says, no, no. They explained it to the tech guy, and he says, okay, we'll take you into the doctor. So they took him into the doctor, and and he uh, took off the cast, and he says, how's it feeling? He says, pretty good. And he starts jumping up and down on his oh. leg. And the doctor bounces over there, and he grabs his leg, uh, grabs his knee, and says, no, no, don't do that. And uh, Oh, no. <laughs> and he's, he's looking sort of half panicked and unnerved, and looks at my wife, looks at his tech guy, and says, what have we done here? And he says, give me my... My uh, records here, and he starts going over his, <laughs> the the papers, and and he's just just kind of beside himself. And and my wife Maxine says, finally says, "Well, doctor, this is Jay's twin brother, Kay. I'll go get Jay." <laughs> and the whole office had gathered meanwhile around there to see what just happened. Just thinking is a medical marvel. And as soon as they said that, he they, they just burst out laughing, and he was. <laughs> 
years later, he replaced both my knees and my both my brother's knees. And and my twin brother asked him uh, when he went into surgery. He says, uh, "So, do you remember me?" Uh, from <laughs> he says, "Yes, I remember." And if you wake up with your leg on backwards, oh. you'll know why. <laughs> oh no. That is a pretty good one. So we've, we've had a bunch of them like that. <laughs> I can't imagine the doctor's face when he just throws off the cast and stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you're that identical that people and, just... And even still, you know, still today we have wow. people on a weekly basis. So we grew up in Lehigh and, uh, and as... Um, we kind of had a big, big yard. My dad liked to to have big gardens. So it was about a half an acre garden. Wow. And so we, we, that kept us busy and, yeah. and we, um, we liked to play sports. Um, and then when we got in junior high, we had a couple of shop classes, but in, in high school, we had an outstanding shop teacher and learned really how to, to make really high quality furniture and, and some wow. really nice pieces. And so that kind of got the interest in, you know, woodwork and being able to build things, make things. Sure. And then, uh, and then, uh, my dad decided to build a shop out in, in our yard, mm-hmm. and so we built the shop. And that's when I first got interested in uh, oh building. Goodness. We we did everything on it. Yeah. So this was you and your brother and your dad. Yeah, and I, I have uh, my brother. Uh, my twin brother and then two other brothers. Oh, okay. And so then, everyone. And then I have three sisters, but they were oh, older. My and, yeah. So big family. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's was, wonderful. So from there, did you then go on to a construction management program? <coughs> and so, yeah. So uh, after high school, I went, I served a, an LDS mission to Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spoke uh, Spanish and I was there for two years. Wow. And, and then uh, came back enrolled at BYU mm-hmm. and uh, um, didn't know quite what I wanted to do for sure. But as I was looking through the catalog, I saw, constr- well, it was at the time it was called Billing and Construction Technology. Mm-hmm. It's since been changed to construction management. But uh, uh, I, uh, I thought that sounds really interesting. That's something I'd like to do. And so, yeah. so I uh, enrolled there and mm-hmm. I graduated in 1980 mm-hmm. when when interest rates had just come down from 21%, they'd kind of settled in at 17%, and that just oh kills goodness. construction. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I um, I stopped. I was on my way to a job interview and, and stopped. I saw a Help Wanted sign at the Economy Builder Supply. Okay. I thought, that, I'll go check that out, and they hired me and right there. And so I didn't end up going to the other interview, but uh, – I learned a lot about uh, building materials mm-hmm. and contractor supply and, you know, ended up running the uh, wholesale department, doing wow. some things there. I had a, a couple of brothers that were developing some farmland that they had and they needed some help, you know, with building. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, they came and asked, took me lunch, asked me if I wanted to, to go help them build. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, I thought, this is great. So, yeah. so I built uh, homes for and these were, uh, these were kind of step-up homes. So mm-hmm. mostly, uh, yeah, it, it was semi-custom homes, and and uh, we uh, we did that for about five, six years. And the economy was pretty bad, but we did okay. Mm-hmm. And then they went to they went to Elko, 
Nevada to. Oh wow! They right moved, over here. Moved there, and I just built my house in in uh, South Jordan in Utah, and didn't want to move really to Elko, and so I decided to to change jobs. I went to work for Hercules Aerospace. Really? And on the big industrial expansion that they did, uh, where they built the uh, where, well the mixed buildings, cascade buildings, all the all the things they needed for for the Delta and the Titan and the Pegasus rocket motors. Oh my goodness. So that was a fun job. What exciting work. But it was it was a job that, you know, I, I was there for the time of the construction. I could see it coming to an end. And one of my neighbors uh, said, hey, I, I see BYU is looking for a construction management faculty member. Really? And I, I thought, oh, yeah, I need something. This, you know, this is coming too close. I need... Something and that sounds pretty interesting. So I uh, called them up, sent them my resume, called them up, and uh, and they says, "Well, we need somebody your age with your experience with PhD." Oh, okay. And I had a bachelor's degree, and I thought, "Well, good luck finding somebody meets all of those criteria." Well, I guess. Right. Yeah. And so the next week, uh, the next week I went down to BYU. I was I was down there for another reason, and I thought. I probably ought to look at getting a master's degree. That that could open up some opportunities for me. And so I, I went in and talked to them about getting a master's degree. And they said, um, they said, well, after talking to them for a little while, are, are you, would you be interested in this job? And I said, uh, yeah, I'd like to try it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so they uh, had me come down for an interview on Tuesday. On Thursday, they gave me a job offer, and. Monday was Labor Day, and first day of class was Tuesday, and that was my first day down there. I had three classes to teach. <laughs> Jay, <laughs> wow! And I worked. I worked through my other job through the you know the Saturday and Monday to finish up what I was doing on the other job, and so oh my, my first goodness. day down there was the first day of class. Wow! And, and so that was your first day on the job. Was right walking into the classroom. Yes. What? Were you just, were you so scared? Yeah, I was really nervous because I hadn't taught before. And so I didn't get a lot of sleep and I was just a day or two ahead of the students. Sure. You know, how, and gosh, how did you get all the material together? Well, the teachers, there were some other teachers. It was an overload from a faculty that uh, was not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they had put together the syllabus, the syllabi for the classes. And then, and then, uh, at least I had something to follow. Yeah. And they had some materials that they helped me with. But uh, so I ha I was teaching three classes. That same Tuesday, I went in and enrolled for a master's class. And so I was taking two classes. And um, it was pretty hectic. So they, they oh, hired me with a bachelor's degree. And I'm thinking, this doesn't happen at BYU. I, don't, <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> uh, they believed in you. So, yeah, well, and, and it worked out really well. I... Uh, I uh, got through the master's degree, and, and I would teach either three or four classes each semester and then take two classes because that's all you could take is two classes a semester. How on earth did you balance? Did you have a family? And did you have children at this time? Yeah, well? I think I had three three children at the time. Wow. Uh, maybe four. Oh, my God. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then um, so I did that. Took Took three years to do that, and then I started coursework towards a PhD. Wow! At BYU, I took ten hours that I could transfer, and, and then uh, 
and then I sold my home, um, and and uh, my youngest son, my fifth fifth child, was three weeks old. We moved to Fort Collins, Colorado. Went to Colorado State and got a PhD. Wow! I did all the coursework, you know, finished the coursework there, uh, and then came back and did the dissertation the, the next year. Wow. So, I have no idea how you got it all done. Uh, so I don't know. It was it was kind of crazy. Was it a, like a fun crazy though? Um, yeah, it was really fun to take. I was nervous about taking our family over, but it was really fun because uh, all their friends stayed here and all the distractions stayed here. We sure. went. We just took w what we needed, and we just had a real fun time with the family for a year. And, yeah. You know, you're. They don't have a, a lot of other distractions, so it was really fun for our family. We yeah. did a lot of fun things that year. Oh, and Colorado is such a beautiful place to yeah. explore and get outside. And So, yeah, yeah, we did a lot of activities as a family. It was great. Oh, that's wonderful. Great. Wow. What an amazing... So now, how many years have you been at BYU? So this is my 31st year at BYU. 31st. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Congratulations. So it feels like I had a whole career before, and it's... Feels, sometimes it feels like I'm still a new, new kid in the wow. In the you know in the uh, education area, but yeah, it's been 31 years. Wow, hard to believe. That is, that is so amazing. What a great story. So now, what which classes are you teaching so, at BYU now? Um, I've taught a whole bunch of classes. When I first started, I taught you know framing and plumbing, and mm -hmm. uh, I taught a, a seminar class, and and I taught. Uh, finished systems and and then I've done uh, real estate and uh, company management. I've probably the class though that I spend the most time with and, and teach the most is is estimating. Mm -hmm. You've really and, carved out expertise in that. Yeah. That so realm. Uh, early on, what I learned at Hercules Aerospace was we we got the very first version of Excel. It was. Actually, the third version of Excel, but the first two versions was uh, Mac, and then really? they sold it to Microsoft. Wow! And and we got the very first version. I'd been I started on on uh, Lotus one two three, mm -hmm. and that was that was like pulling teeth when I got <laughs> when I got to Excel. I thought this is amazing. Yeah. And I started learning some things. I uh, I used it for my dissertation. Learned how to program it a little bit, and then. When I started teaching, they, they asked me to teach estimating class and started using that. Uh, we put together some things that uh, I, I had a contractor say, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just take a set of plans and scan on the planner and have it kick out all your quantities? Mm, and I thought yeah. when I was doing the Excel, it, it, it almost made it that easy. The hardest part was the takeoff stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's why Bluebeam is great. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love to hear that. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, the automation on that is amazing. Mm. Um, it, it is. But, it's, we hear that from customers all the time. But yeah, you put the two together and it makes it makes estimating just so easy, yeah. so much faster. That is, so. that is so good. Okay. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about, because you have really established yourself as having expertise in estimation and teaching on this topic at BYU. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about how you cultivated that expertise? Okay. Um, <clears throat> when I went and got my doctorate, uh, one of the things I did in, 
there is is work on a specification you know uh, for residential home builders if you uh, getting the specs from a, a customer and making sure that it all gets built to specs and when they have changes in specifications and that it's kind of a juggling act to make sure especially when you have 30 40 50 homes going at a time yeah uh, it, it's hard to juggle all that and make sure it all works out mm-hmm. and so I thought you know that this is just when Computers were just coming around. This was uh, 1993, 94. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the computers were, were out there and the internet was just getting started. And so, the, you know, there was some some opportunities to automate some of that. And so um, I looked at Excel and they they had an, uh, a predecessor to Visual Basic and but you could program some things. And I, I put together, uh, you know, a thing that would, would help automate all that process mm-hmm. for, for handling specifications and putting it into the schedule. And one of the things that uh, at the end that I I said, one of the areas of future research should be how to do this with estimating, add the estimating component. I didn't think a whole lot of it, but I thought, you know, there was some, some uh, opportunities there. Well, when I got back from doing my doctorate, uh, BYA, BYU asked me to teach this estimating class, mm-hmm. and they were using Quattro Pro, and it was just very, very basic. And I thought, you know, there's some things that you that I learned on my doing my dissertation that I thought, you know, if we apply this or put this in estimating, we could make this a lot faster. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can pick items from a list, it puts it in, it looks up all your uh, unit costs and and quantities. Excuse me, unit costs and and uh, unit uh, units. And then we even took it further and said, well, let's put in the formulas to help you to estimate. And, you know, it got, it got pretty fast and we were finding we could, uh, we could do the estimates much faster. Well, I started doing, doing, um, seminars and, and, uh, you know, trainings for NAHB members, National Association of Home Builders. And, sure. and they, uh, invited me to, to, you know, talk at the International Builder Show and, and you know, the, the builders would say, oh, this is all great, but uh, this is great stuff, but we're, we don't know how to do this stuff. Can we use your template? Mm-hmm. I, I build a template that would show them how to do it. And I thought, okay, well, yeah, you can, you can buy it. And then they said, well, it doesn't have this and it doesn't have that. And so I'd add that and mm-hmm. add this and finally got busy enough that I had one of my... Uh, my students who was very good at programming and, and said, Hey, why don't you help me with this? Cause sure. I d- didn't have time to do it full time. And, and, uh, and, and we put, put together estimator pro, which is an Excel based estimating program. And, uh, I also wrote a book for NHB that, uh, showed people how to do their own. Uh, so it's, it's kind of been an evolution yeah. and the, uh, you know, the students like it. Um, I remember coming to one of these uh, regional conferences and showing that. And, I, and mm-hmm. I remember going through what what happened. What I do is have the students um, create their own estimating template, and then they do the takeoff. Mm-hmm. They do, well, the takeoff and the estimate for the for a house. And I was showing them, showing, you know, some of the other faculty how, how I do that. And I got to the end of the presentation 
and I was using one of the templates from one of the students to show that. And uh, he says, one question was, so you give them the template and they do all this in one semester, they're able to do the whole house, yeah. take off in one semester. And I just smiled and said, uh, well, they also create the template themselves. Yeah. And he, they could not even believe it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's it's been good, and and um, so the so builders have used it over the years, Estimator Pro, and mm -hmm. and the book uh, mm -hmm. the book estimating with Excel, Microsoft Excel, that was a bestseller for several year, years. Wow, at NHB. that's and, wonderful. Uh, and the uh, students students who take the class, I rarely have them come back and say, oh, thank you so much for teaching us how to do quantity takeoffs or how to do, you know, estimating. But they always come back and say, we use Excel all the time. And thank you for, mm -hmm. you know, it's made my career. Absolutely. It, it, uh, it's helped us tremendously. And so that's been a fun, fun part of that class. And it's such a foundational tool. I mean, just to cultivate that sort of in-depth knowledge of Excel, it's, it, it integrates with so many other programs too yeah. that I tell them it's the language of business. Yeah. And uh, they may never estimate again in their lives, but they'll use it if they're yeah. business. Absolutely. Anyway. What a good resource. And your students too are always so active in ASC competitions. Um, and you have been very active in ASC as well at, in leadership positions. What came first? Were, were you involved with ASC um, as a leader, as you know, being part of the board of directors, and then you started to see students at BYU join the competitions, or were they already competing, and then you got involved? How did that happen? That's interesting. In 1989 is when I started teaching. Uh -huh. um, there wasn't a student competition then. I think what it started in 90 really? or 91. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, Jim Roger and... and Leon Rogers, and there was a number of people that helped get that started. I think it was first started in uh, in California. In this was all Region Six, all the Western states and, sure. and uh, Intermountain. What what is now Region Six and Seven was all Region Six. Okay. Uh, we didn't have student competitions at the time, you know. So it, the regional conference was just for faculty members to come and really. Um, yeah, what are you doing in your program? How are you teaching, estimating? How are you doing, scheduling? You know, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And 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 it was fun because we would have some great discussions between faculty about how the program, how they're doing their programs. And it was it was new enough for many pro, many universities and and colleges that that we learned a lot from each other. Yeah, and built some really close relationships. Good. Um, but in about 1991, they started the student competitions and. And and that really took off. There was a lot of interest in the students. Uh, you know, the students had something to do. Fortunately, we still have our faculty day where we, you know, yeah, where we meet as faculty and have seminars and you know presentations, uh, uh, like you did yesterday. But uh, and those are great. Um, but the. Uh, Students having them here has added a new dimension of lots of enthusiasm, mm -hmm. lots of excitement, yeah, lots of interest, and and because we have the students here now, industry's gotten more involved, and they've uh, they've brought they've come to recruit, um, and you know the it grew and grew and grew. We've been in several different locations over the years 
but um, when uh, Lori became the director for Region 6, and then it split about somewhere along there to 6 and 7. We all like being together, so we keep 6 mm-hmm. and 7 together. But uh, Lori has built this and raised uh, – she raised – raises a lot of funding from from uh, companies around she's really brought industry into it and mm-hmm. and this is by far the the best regional uh you know the regional competitions that in the, in all of ASC and i think the fact that students are coming from all over the united states to this particular competition it speaks volumes and yeah I have no idea how Lori gets it done (laughs) year after year. It's such a phenomenal event, Um, but absolutely, it's to see it continue to grow. She's done an amazing job. She has. And so uh, we're we're glad to have her here doing this. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So when did you decide to become more involved with ASC as leadership? So Jay Jay knew it was one of – Jay knew it and Leon Rogers at BYU. They were some of the early – once it got involved in ASC mm-hmm. um, and Jay was uh, one of the presidents and we've had a conference. Well, we've had actually about four conferences, ASC conferences at BYU, but he, he kind of was a mentor to me and, and introduced me to the people and mm-hmm. they had an opening for a secretary position. And so I thought, well, that would be a good way to be involved and help out. And so um, we had a, they have a vote on that position and, and, uh, and I won that, uh, that vote. And so I did it for three terms, mm-hmm. uh, elections for three terms. And so I did that for six years. At the oh. end of the six years, I thought I'd, I like being involved with this organization, a great organization. Yeah. They do so many good things. And so I ran for second vice president. And so did that for two years and then first vice president for two years and then president for two years. And that's a six-year commitment. That's, so that's right? so that's twelve years. And uh, oh my goodness! You know, a couple of things that we did uh, when I was president, we did the ASC logo, the, the one oh, that we nice. have. Oh, nice! So we, we the did that, current logo, the current logo. Yeah, we did the um, we updated the website to the current website. Sure. And uh, it was a completely different uh, change. Ken Williams, Ken Williamson had. Uh, done that before and he'd done a great job but technology had changed and everything and so we uh we uh, put in this the new website and and that's worked really well and uh you know there's some other things that you do but you know the main thing is not really what you get done it's who you work with and we've had some great people to work with i I love working with um se members and leaders uh because everybody has they give up themselves and they uh and it's about it's selfless giving to students and helping yeah. them, and so it's great. Um, so after uh, after my term there, I had a, a year off, and then uh, one of the the leaders took a job in industry and wasn't able to finish his job, and so they asked me to take the second vice president job again. again? <laughs> and then after that was done, they asked me. Well, after that was done, um, they actually didn't have somebody to do the uh, conference that year, the international conference. Nobody. Oh, wow. And so okay. I said, I said, we'll do it. Yeah. And we had it at BYU and it was great. Mm-hmm. And then they asked me to, to take the treasurer position. And 
I really didn't have time to do, do the treasure position the, the way that it had been done, but uh, they hired Maggie Glick to help with the mm-hmm. with the day-to-day finances, and which really made a difference. And then I, I was able to do more of the management side of it, and she did the, the accounting and the, you know, the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all the hard and she, part and she's she's done outstanding there oh good yeah she's great um so um yeah so uh this uh, it, it's interesting because this year we'll have our uh our conference in liverpool which i'm looking forward to and that will be i told them well they need to get somebody else and help bring them along so that'll be my last last term in the, as the treasurer. Sure. And uh, so it was interesting when I, when I was, uh, when I was made president, when I, the two years that I had president, the first year I was crowned in Birmingham, England. Ooh, how exciting. <laughs> so I, so I, I picked up my presidency there and then, uh, <laughs> and then I was impeached in DC. Impeached. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I finished up. <laughs> Oh my God! I would hardly call it impeached. Yeah, no, that's when I finished. That's when I finished the term. So <laughs> that was great. Well, your colleague speaks so highly of you, and you have become such a fixture in this organization, and such a, um, you know, such a, a cornerstone for so many others who are mentored by you, who just really respect your work and value your friendship, and so it's that's why I wanted to ask you about your your leadership roles in ASC oh. because. You've just done a phenomenal job and contributed so much to this organization. Well, thank you very much. It's it's a great place to be. Great it is. To- great people. And this is why Miles and I were so interested in interviewing everyone because there are so many good stories and so many good perspectives in ASC. So. I can't remember now. I think it was two years ago when I saw you here in Reno and I chatted with you about your students. And I had been speaking to industry members about how poised and how mature and how outstanding your students were, especially during presentations. And they were just really impressed by students from BYU. And so um, in talking to you, you mentioned that you felt that students in your program, because so many of them have served a mission um, you know, through through the LDS church as you did in, um, in Ecuador, that this contributed to, you know, their levels of maturity. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe what makes your students kind of distinctive in that regard? Well, we like to think that it's, it's because they have such great teachers. Oh, they do. (laughs) And it is that. (laughs) We know better. Yeah. You know what? Forget what I just said. (laughs) We know better. (laughs) No, it's interesting because uh, most of our members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and 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 not only well, it's expected that the the men go out and serve missions when they're eighteen, mm-hmm. eighteen or nineteen, for two years. Okay, and so they go all over the world learning languages, some uh, United States or whatever. So they go all over the world, and and we have actually quite a number of the the women that go on serve missions, and they're mm-hmm. they serve missions for eighteen months. Mm-hmm. But what it does, it, it, it gets them out into the world. They get to meet lots and lots of people. They're meeting people every day. Yeah. They're learning to take rejection. Sure. And they're learning to uh, talk to people. They're able to, to talk to them face-to-face, look at them in their eyes. That is such a critical, critical skill. 
and and under, yeah. understand um you know about other people and how can we help you and, mm-hmm. and so they develop a an attitude of service yeah and and uh, they just it's a maturing because they're away from their home mm-hmm. and so they're having to, to learn how to be independent mm-hmm. and they learn good principles of scheduling yeah and they're diligent because when they go on the missions they don't just sit around they're they're oh, with yeah. a companion all the time and they're they've got a schedule that keeps them really busy yeah and uh, and so they learn to schedule they learn to uh, communicate well they they learn to think outside turn outside themselves mm-hmm. instead of looking in and being so self-conscious about everything they forget about themselves and turn outward yeah and it's it's a great uh, it's a great education for them not if ignoring the service that they do for them, it, it really builds them and, and, and increases their abilities. And so when they come back to school and are in the presentations and different things, uh, presentation is comes natural. It's, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, they're still on the same footing as everybody else learning the material and, and the content and everything. But, uh, as far as talking to people and presenting and, and being able to do it, um, I guess not rote memorization, but just be able to speak from the heart or sure. speak face to face. They do a great job that way. Yeah. And is this something that they would typically do right after high school, between high school and college, or do they generally it, it, start college it's, first? It's then? mostly. Well, sometimes I'll get a year of college in, but yeah. most of the time, they, when high school's done, they go mm-hmm. for two years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and thinking about those transferable skills and something that has come up in many of the other interviews is um, the industry's ask toward academia to help them cultivate soft skills in students and help them um, develop students who can speak in public, who can, uh, you know, have confident conversations in person, um, you know, with, with another human being. And um, that can be really challenging for, for a lot of, you know, very young people. And so, to be able to cultivate those skills so early. They really have to focus on working and, and talking to people. And, mm-hmm. um, and they do, they're, they're talking to everybody and it, uh, it's, um, it really helps them be at ease and lose the fear of talking to people and, yeah. and they're engaged. And so it, it gives us a real, um, benefit. I've, I've had other faculty, how do you, how do you help your uh, students do this what can we do to help our students to get to that level yeah so it's easy just send them away for two years on a mission there you go there you go just two years <laughs> that's all <laughs> that is just one thing that has always kind of struck me about your students as they are they're very mature they're very well spoken so you're doing great work <laughs> but you didn't need like me I to said, tell you that like i said i, I take credit <laughs> for all that yes it's all you um so i have one last question for you jay um, in the coming years of construction and then construction education, what are some of the things that you're most looking forward to? Besides retirement? Besides, <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a big one. Yeah. That's no, a big one. You know, there are so many advantages uh, that students have coming out right now. Mm-hmm. The technologies, you know, I look back and see the technologies, technology improvements that we had when I first started and, and see, see what's happened over the years with the uh, Building information modeling, the artificial intelligence, all the you know the drones, all the all the things that have come about that we didn't have, and 
And I just see that getting more and more and more uh, available. And I, I just see the capacity that the students have learning all these new technologies and they're, they will, uh, they'll have some great, great opportunities. They'll Absolutely. continue to have better opportunities that way. Uh, construction management's becoming more known. Mm -hmm. around. When I, uh, when I started teaching, it was like, what? Construction management? What's that? You know, and you yeah. have to explain it to everybody. And now, you know, now people know about it and, and they know, they know what the expectations are. They, they, um, have a, a big respect mm -hmm. for those who, who have a four-year degree in it. And, yeah. and it's, it's become, uh, you know, it's become expected to have a four-year degree when back, sure. back then it was like, why would you get a degree in that, you know? Well, and I was talking to Greg Starzak from Cal Poly and San yes. Obispo about the definition of the role of a construction manager and how that really came about in maybe the 1970s. It's relatively recent in the millennial history of, of building and how what an old industry it is. And the continually expanding role of the construction manager too, how that role keeps evolving and keeps taking on more. Well, it, it, it originated with architects. Architects were the builder. They were the master builder. Yeah. And, and uh, they kind of gave that up because they wanted to focus on the design. The, the uh, civil engineers, when I graduated, uh, about half the civil engineers went into construction management. Mm. And so that was where the, you know, came construction managers came out of civil engineering a lot, but, uh, 60, 1965, you started seeing programs, you know, around there, some earlier and some later, but to sure. pick up construction. Well, ours was called building and construction technology. So it was still pretty trades oriented and, you know, management principles really didn't, you didn't get too much of that until you st started seeing computers come out in the early eighties. Sure. Yeah. And then it really changed that changed everything for everybody. Mm -hmm. Because uh, our students graduating with the ability to do scheduling, estimating, and all that, um, they didn't have that out in industry. And so then they saw the the importance of it. But now, students have uh, have the opportunity to, to all the visualization, all the uh, virtual design and construction, all the you know technologies, and still still you know what they're doing in estimating, scheduling, project management, all the other things. Yeah, it's just. Uh, just amazing what, uh, you know, the, the, what the students bring to the companies they go into, even Absolutely. though they don't have the experience, they bring a, a wealth of knowledge that they can apply to the experience that they have. Mm -hmm. And help create change within those organizations. Mm -hmm. And Yeah. We see younger and younger students having a really big impact because so many of their employers are looking to them to be the technology expert or be that technology change agent um, just because of their age. Really. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here's a concern I have though. Okay. At the, uh, that I see is more and more universities are requiring more and more research and for faculty, for faculty. Sure. And so uh, they're pushing programs that do, do research. Construction management isn't, heavy research. I mean, we it's do research, applied. but you know, it's really applies it's more to the design and, and you see it in the engineering and stuff, but, but our, most of what we do is, uh, there's no funding for it really. There's sure. It, it's just 
you know, better methods of management or, you know, some areas, uh, peripheral areas. I see, I see this happening and I've, I've watched this for a while, but I see where universities don't respect or don't appreciate, I guess, the uh, construction management as much. They look, they're looking at research, not teaching. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of a danger area. I think, I think, um, I think the industries and industrial people need to get with the universities and, and let them know the importance of the construction management programs, or they'll be relegated to to colleges and yeah. be kicked out of university, especially the uh, the research universities. That's a really good point. That industry could serve as as those advocates because you're right. I think so often in um, upper administration, whether it's the dean level or even above, like if you're getting up to the provost or, um, you know, folks in central administration, they're looking to the research dollars that are coming in and they're looking to, they want faculty to publish and they want to be, you know, exactly. Yeah, and so it's to get that industry advocacy to, to tell them, you know, up to that very, very high level of central administration that this is a very different type of discipline and we, we need to have resources and, and funding. It, it's it. interesting. Uh, many, if not most of the big donors at universities are construction people. Really? Uh, it, it, that's true. In our university, I think it's probably the case in most yeah. universities, you have big donors and they like the, the uh, university officials like the donors. Of course. <laughs> They'll take their money, but then yeah. oh, oh, why are you doing this? I mean, you know, they they don't really uh, appreciate where it comes from, that it comes out of, you know, construction-related um, work that, that the donors do. Do you think they're not having the right conversations with the donors? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what's, what's happening there, but I think, yeah. uh, I think, the donors need to be a little more inter, uh, interactive with the uh, university professor because, you know, the, uh, the officials, I think they look at the money, but they don't look at the programs where this come from. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think when they do give a donation just say, and by the way, it's because of construction management or because of the building or whatever, whatever the program's called yes. that, that, that we're doing this. Absolutely. I think, and donors have a lot of, um, a lot of power to be able to very specifically articulate the, um, you know, the beneficiaries of, of those dollars too. So even if they, I mean, let's say they want to give a gift to university athletics, um, but they also want to give a gift to construction management, but then could also kind of qualify that with, well, this is where I came from and this is why, yes. and this is how I achieve my success that allows me to be generous and, you know, support um, my alma mater or, you know, the institution where my children went to school or you know, something like that. You know, it's just fun to every, every big building project we have on campus. And if I go anywhere else, the big building projects that they're going on everywhere, I, I find our students and I can go wow. there, any of them, any of those places. And, and, and uh, they, Hey, how you doing for the construction? <laughs> you know, they'll, yeah. they'll uh, say hi, but even, you know, we had one big project um, close by the university and, and all three of my sons working for different companies or my oldest son has his own company, but they were all on that project. Wow. And I thought, how great is that? Oh, that's so exciting. Um, 
That's so cool. Were they all um, – are some of them especially contractors? Are they with GCs? I, I have or? one son that uh, owns a SWIP company, Stormwater Pollution Prevention Company, and one, wow. one son is uh, works for Sunrock, which is a earthwork company, mm-hmm. and then one works for Intermark Steel, which is a finishes steel finishes. You could just start a whole family Come, business yeah, here. Th- there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but none of them. None of them started out in construction management. They all started out looking at different areas like uh, business or medical or whatever. Wow. And I was very careful not to, I I thought, I'll support them whatever they do. Sure. And they all, as as they got going along, they all doing research and whatever they, you know, did as they came through. And they all ended up graduating from our program. Wow. In construction management. So that's a testament though, too, to... Sort of that family connection with it was, the industry. It was fun to hand them their diplomas. Oh, my God. What a special <laughs> moment. That's amazing. Wow. Well, Jay, this has been a really good conversation. I really appreciate your time. And thank you for kind of stepping away from the oh. the conference and all the busyness and the conversations for a second to, to share some of your insight. This is really valuable. Well, thank you. It's always a, a pleasure to meet with you. Thank you.